0: Time for Montana's only Daily Sports Talk Show. Now's now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. Well, happy Monday, everybody. What's up? Welcome in. It's Nuanas now. ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Coulter Nuanas coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Thanks so much for being here. Hope you're having a great start to your week. I got my week kicked off great last night. Great show at the Wilma. We are so lucky to have such great music venues here in the Garden City. So we'll give you a little rundown of How it all went at Charlie Crockett, a blast from the past. Might as well have been 1957. But what a sweet venue. What a sweet show. We're also going to talk some football off the top here. I spent the weekend before the uh, concert last night working on uh, a story that I've been working on for quite some time that uh, is certainly a monster to try to attack and craft and uh, finish but then it also got me thinking. Then, Reed Harris, the top prospect in the state of Montana in football, he committed to Boston College late last week. And that parallel, or I guess lack of parallel, also got me thinking. So the story I'm writing is about Montana State. I mean, can we call him a legend now? He's, he's certainly a legend at this point already, even though he just graduated Troy Anderson, you know, I mean, the guy needs no introduction. He he has become such a myth within Montana football. And Troy, though, holds this distinctly unique place because although there's this broad narrative that Montana is very under-recruited, there's been quite a few guys from the state of Montana that were recruited to go play at the FBS level over the last 50, 60 years. There's also been a great many guys that became NFL caliber talents while playing at the Montana schools. So often, though, the guys that become the all-league, the all-pro type talents at Montana and Montana State start out as sort of diamonds in the rough. And they're sort of late bloomers, maybe unpolished. And that's why Troy Anderson's so unique. And I was thinking about how Reed Harris, he sort of has similar makeup to Troy Anderson. I don't want to put that much pressure on the kid, but just in terms of being a, a tall, long, Lean, strong, raw-boned kid who also is super, super fast and explosive. But Reed Harris, he's going to Boston College. So another export. So we're going to get into it. I'll hash it out a little bit more thoroughly for you here in the Montana Football Hour. So that is uh, coming up here right off the top. We're also going to talk a little Montana State football because they got a couple more transfers coming in, including a a San Diego State running back, excuse me, who certainly looks the part— and I find it a little interesting that Brent Vegan has put a, a not a high priority, but a, he, he's prevalently recruited the transfer wire already as he enters his second season at the helmet MSU. I think part of it is just because he spent seven years, or I guess eight years, seven seasons, in the Mountain West at Wyoming. Because a lot of these guys that Montana State have brought in over the last year plus have those... Um, Mountain West ties. So we'll talk a little bit about that, hash that out a little bit for you. And then the Montana football hour, will roll into the Montana basketball hour, at least for the last third of the first hour of the show. We're going to talk a little Grizz Hoops. A couple more commits over the last week or so. So with the four high school guys that Montana signed last week, combined with three more new players, two transfers, Deshaun Thomas from Colorado State, and... Leeolu okay, I think is how you say it, Leeolu. He's a Division II transfer, transfer from Metro State in Denver. So that's seven new guys on the Grizz roster in the last week, at least officially. A lot of these guys have been committed for a little while now, but seven new guys on the uh, Grizz basketball roster. So what does it all mean? How are they all going to fit in? Our number two, the NBA playoffs got kicked off in full force. We had play-in games for you all last week. but Now the field is set, and we had four games a day for the last two days, Saturday and Sunday. So we'll take you through all the results and then we'll play a little blind side. Just some broad open-ended questions about the NBA as we reach the playoffs here. And then we're also going to talk a little uh, college track. And we also have a student of the week for you as well. Uh, college track, a lot of the top athletes, competitors from Montana, Montana state, they went to the prestigious Brian clay invitational down in California This last weekend. And as we often see, when you have that elevated level of competition, it just brings out the best in a lot of these Big Sky Conference athletes, especially the Montana athletes. First of all, a lot of times it's their first real nice warm weather, although most of the pictures from this meet were uh, of these. uh, Most of the athletes were wearing ear warmers and, and even hats. So maybe it wasn't that warm down there. But either way, some of the best athletes from the entire Western United States, from the entire United States, period, there at the Brian Clay Invitational, and that led to some epic, some unbelievable times, actually. I mean, Duncan Hamilton, we talk about him a lot around here, and I'm going to keep talking about him because I just think he is one of, if not the best, male athlete in the state of Montana right now. And, I mean, he blew the doors off this thing. He, he ran 13 minutes and 30 seconds in the men's 5K. That is ridiculous. I mean, he broke Shannon Butler's school record by nine seconds. For those who don't know Shannon Butler... Shannon Butler is a Livingston native who ran track at Montana State in the late 80s and early 1990s. He, when the Big Sky Conference did their, all, uh, their, their top 50 athletes in their 50th, year, their 50th anniversary, 2013 was the Big Sky's 50th anniversary, they did their top 50 male athletes of all time. Shannon Butler was number four. He was the highest ranked track athlete in the history of this conference. So to beat his record by almost 10 seconds is just, it's beyond comprehension. I had to check the time multiple times to even think of this. So congratulations to Duncan Hamilton. But that was one of many great performances for both Bobcats and Grizzlies. So we'll take you through all that uh, in hour number two. So there you go. That's the show Outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any questions you might have in the real estate world in Western Montana? Give uh, Brent and his team a call. You can always stream the show on our station website as well as stream ESPN Radio, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year, 1029ESPN.com. And we've got a new way for you to watch and or listen to the show, the ESPN Montana app. So very cool. Uh, Andrew, our uh, producer in the back, was checking out some analytics. And we uh, have the app ready to roll for all Apple devices. And uh, we're, we'll are be this, this midweek, this week, maybe late this week. We'll have it ready for all Android users as well. But it sounds like a lot of you, vast majority of you guys are Apple users. So you already got it rolling. If you got your Apple device, download the ESPN Montana app. You can watch this show live or archived anytime. Can also watch some uh, Grizz Lacrosse. Their regular season ended this last weekend. <laughs> Great weather for Grizz Lacrosse this weekend. But the uh, the boys posted a couple more victories so now Grizzly Cross have after beating Central and Western Washington respectively have won seven out of nine to close out the regular season they're up to 12 total wins which is one of the higher totals in the United States Uh, and they are prepping no games this week the next week into the conference tournament in Boise so you can catch all the action conference tournament and presumably national tournament on the horizon as well you can catch all of it on the grid, on the ESPN Montana app. So, uh, we'll also have Grizz Hockey when that returns in the fall, but to get that app going. Great way to watch and or listen to the show. If you want to be a part of the show, you always can calling or texting 406 888 29 That's 406-888-1029. This story that I'm writing about Troy Anderson got me thinking of the art of myth-making. How, how does one become a myth? Or, or how does one's myth resonate? And it, it's so much more rare now than it used to be. Part of that is just our um, different, different mechanisms to deliver storytelling I mean, I I tell you guys stories on the radio for two hours a day, five days a week. So it's a lot more accessible. I also think that the the people that we would make into myths, they're also a lot of times more accessible now than they've ever been, more humanized. But also there's so many more mechanisms to hate on these people as well. Like, for example, we we were talking about Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Time and Place last week. And... My whole notion was that if Kareem would have came five years earlier or ten years later, he would have been a much bigger star than he was, even though he was a gigantic star. And part of it is just because of so much of the climate in America at the time, plus all the things he stood for and all the different things he was involved in. But there's just such an interesting tale to be told about Troy Anderson, because Troy Anderson occupies this distinctly unique place already in in the lore of Montana football. So many guys came that grew up in Montana, came from small towns, farming towns, working class backgrounds, and and the story has been told and retold and um, repeated almost. I mean, take some of the specifics, the details, the specs out of it, and Guys like uh, Colt Anderson and Chase Reynolds and Mark Mariani all have very similar stories. Shan Schillinger, guys that were small-town guys, winners in multiple sports in high school, partial or no scholarships coming out of high school, get to Montana, nose to the grindstone, love being Grizz, maximize their capabilities, develop rapidly physically because they're finally concentrating on one sport and building their bodies up, and boom, getting drafted in the NFL. There's also, though, the story of a lot of the quote-unquote really hyped guys that come in to the Montana schools, the guys from in-state that choose to stay home, that come with a lot of hype, and a lot of times those guys – Develop, sometimes they develop into good good to great players. I mean, Jesse Sims, the late Jesse Sims, who tragically passed away last spring, he comes to mind. A guy from the Bitterroot Valley who had offers to go to Oregon State and Nebraska and a couple other FBSs, decides to stay home, decides to play for the Grizz, and goes on to be a three-year starter. He, he was n- not like it, this world-beating, all-world Hall of Fame player, but a very good player that played a lot of really good football for the Grizz. He also... Played out of position for most of his career. Sacrificed a ton. Gabe Solser, another guy that comes to mind that that was highly regarded coming out of high school and has been a solid player for the Grizz when he's been healthy. He's had a hard time staying healthy. Then there's guys like Tanner Roderick, who's one of the best high school players that I've seen in the state of Montana over the last 10 years, 10 or so years. He and Shane Collins, both of Bozeman, have the uh, unique distinction of being the only two athletes to ever win Gatorade Player of the Year in multiple sports during their senior year. Shane Collins was the football and track Gatorade Players of the Year out of Bozeman High in the late 1980s before going on to Arizona State and becoming a second-round draft pick by the uh, Washington Redskins back then, Washington football team now. And Tanner Roderick chose Nevada over a slew of FBS offers, but he then got kind of eaten up by the circumstance because he chose Nevada because at the time, Bozeman was running sort of a, a hybrid of the pistol offense that Chris Alt made so famous at Nevada. And Colin Kaepernick had just been at Nevada. And then Tanner Roderick went there, and then Chris Alt retired. And so Roderick was kind of left out to dry. They hired a new coach, changed the offense, and Roderick wasn't the, the heir apparent, really. So he transfers back to Montana State. He loses the quarterback competition when uh, it was a fierce one between Jake Bleskin, Quinn McQuarrie, Tanner Roderick and the ultimate winner uh, Dakota Prukop but Roderick then was so athletic he was able to play receiver and he um, was really good early and then broke his hand and that was sort of the beginning of um, the beginning of sort of a disappointing ending to Tanner Roderick's career so that's all to say though that Troy Anderson right now I'm writing this story about Troy and We're going to run it next weekend leading up to the NFL draft. The NFL draft's in two weeks. Troy Anderson's right now is being projected uh, as high as a early second-round draft pick. Mel Kuyper released his most intriguing prospects at each position today, and Mel Kuyper named Troy Anderson the most intriguing inside linebacker prospect in this draft. Both Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay are on the record saying that they think that Troy Anderson's a day-one starter, a top-50 pick. So, if and when Troy Anderson gets drafted, if he gets drafted before the 154th pick, he will be the highest-drafted native Montanan who then chose to stay in state for football. Again, a guy like Shane Collins, who grew up in Bozeman, he goes to Arizona State, he's a second-round draft pick. A guy like Brock Osweiler, grew up in Kalispell, played at Flathead. He goes to Arizona State, a second-round draft pick. But I'm talking guys that grew up in Montana, went to a Class A high school, Troy Anderson did, Beaverhead County High School in Dillon, and stayed in state and then became a top three-round draft pick. That 154 number, by the way, is Croy Bierman. Croy Bierman from Hardin is the – right now holds the distinction of the highest-drafted Montanan who played at a Montana college. Other guys that were sort of in the mix for this trivia question uh, included – Jordan Tripp from here in Missoula, who was dra- also drafted late in the fifth round, but Bierman was, uh, I think, about 15 picks ahead of Jordy Tripp. Lex Hilliard, also of the flathead. He was a late fifth-round draft pick. Mike Person from Glendive out of Montana State was a seventh-round draft pick. Dylan McFarlane, great friend of this show, former Grizz offensive lineman from Kalispell, he was a seventh-round draft pick. But we have never seen a day-two draft pick who is from Montana and prepped at Montana. And so... Uh, that That's just part of the Troy Anderson myth Also the the fact is that he was This this unbelievable athlete Who anybody that saw Troy Anderson play sports at, at any age From 15 years old on You knew that that was the dude You knew that he was spectacularly gifted I mean there's videos from track meets When he's like a sophomore and a junior in high school He doesn't even really know how to run yet Yet he's still like 6'3 half, two hundred ten 210 pounds Probably hasn't even started lifting yet and he's just dusting these kids during these regular season track meets, just running the 200, the 400, look like he's not even trying. But because he comes from this humble background, because he's this incredibly understated and humble kid, because he quite honestly would rather be riding a horse than anything. I mean, he would rather be out on the ranch, hunting, fishing and herding his cows than anything. He's told me that. (laughs) And and, uh, that then made it so that he was not recruited at all. It was perhaps the quickest recruitment, the least in-state recruiting battle that ever existed. Troy Anderson went to individual camp when he was a junior in high school in the summer of 2017, or uh, the summer of 2016, excuse me. And uh, it was the first individual camp that Jeff Choate had hosted at Montana State when he was the head coach there. They watched Troy Anderson compete for about a total of about forty-five minutes, they ran him through DB drills, defensive line drills, tight end and receiver drills. Even though he had been playing pretty much exclusively quarterback and safety in high school, <laughs> and Gerald Alexander, the secondary coach of Montana State, went up to Joe and said, "Yeah, he's a dude. I think he could play at this level at every position you could possibly put him in on the field." They offered him that day. He committed the next day. It was wham bam. The recruiting was non-existent. They offered Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson committed. Troy Anderson was a backup. That was it. Because of all that, though, Troy Anderson never went to any other camps. Troy Anderson never got exposed. Troy Anderson never got seen by anybody. Troy Anderson would have got a full ride to every single school in the United States of America if coaches would have seen him. I'm not kidding. He's that level of an athlete. That's why it's such an interesting story. Because the the dude who believes the myth of Troy Anderson less than anyone is Troy Anderson. And that's what makes him so mythical. And so uh, it's a very fascinating story to write. But it, may, it got me thinking about all of these different dynamics of guys from Montana. Now we have this new up-and-coming prospect who's getting incredible exposure. Who's using the, the current tools, the current platforms to promote himself, to get his name out there. I I saw this kid live at Marty Mornowig's quarterback camp, which, by the way, this year, this is a plug for Coach. By the way, Coach, I'm going to call you soon. If if it doesn't snow on the weekends, we can play golf. (laughs) I know we haven't got out yet, but uh, I just wasn't trying to play in the blizzard on Saturday. But anyways, Coach uh, Coach Marty's quarterback school will be July 17th this summer. So that's a a Sunday, but one of the best, um, one of the best, Invites one of the best opportunities for young high school quarterbacks around Montana. Marty brings in a bunch of them, mentors them for a day. Uh, there's always a special guest. Last year was Jeff Garcia. Uh, he keeps teasing that there's going to be another big time guy, so we'll see who who it ends up being. But that's all to say that Reed Harris from Great Falls was at Coach Marty's camp last year as a sophomore. I watched this kid for all of five minutes, and I thought to myself. Well, damn, that kid's going to be the greatest outside linebacker in a Big Ten school I've seen in a minute. <laughs> he's he's a fine quarterback, but he is a tremendous athlete. He is built like a Greek god. I mean, he's 6'5", 210. This is as a sophomore. He's absolutely one of the best basketball players in the state. I had watched him play basketball before I even watched him play football. Then last year uh, at the state track meet, he freaked out, ran 11-1 flat, at six five, this kid is six five over two hundred pounds. He's running 1-1 as a sophomore. That's amazing. That's faster than Troy Anderson was when he was a sophomore. But Reed Harris is taking his talents elsewhere. Reed Harris committed to Boston College last week. He chose Boston College over an unbelievable uh, array of offers. And, and so this is what the the dichotomy I'm talking about. Reed Harris had offers from Oregon State, Iowa State, Central Michigan, Colorado State, San Diego State, Utah State, Yale, Montana, Montana State, Idaho, and Idaho State. He also had significant interest from Purdue and Minnesota. So this kid was getting recruited by the Big Ten, the Big 12, all that, but he chooses Boston College. And I find it so interesting that you can come from Great Falls or you can come from Dillon. There's just so many different ways of operating but it's another thing that adds to the myth of Troy Anderson. Troy Anderson is sort of a dying breed. He didn't want the, all the hubbub of recruiting and all that. And I'm not trying to scrutinize Reed Harris for putting his name out there and, and putting his video on Twitter and going to camps. It's awesome. That's you want guys to go get seen and get recruited and all that. Um, so it, it's just it's it's all to say that you wonder if the premier guy who grows up in Montana who has the ability to play at any level of college football will stay in-state or if the same tried-and-true story of underdeveloped, under-recruited guys that come in as partial guys uh, from in-state recruiting or from, from in-state and then develop into these great players, or if you have some guys that maybe aren't they're good, really good in Montana but they're just not quite good enough to play in the FBS, you, you just wonder if the, the the notion of a Troy Anderson – the, the surefire guy who also is surefire going to be a Grizz or a Bobcat, you wonder if that guy still exists. You wonder if that was going to carry forward. So it's just an interesting thing to analyze. So we'll continue to uh, analyze this dynamic. Maybe even talk about this book I have in my hands too because you talk about a legend. Jeff Perlman Sweetness is the book. Walter Payton, one of, one of those myths, one of those guys that was such a – bright shooting star, and burned burned out all, all too soon, but not without leaving one of the great legacies of any football player in the history of the game. This is the Montana Football Hour. It's presented by the advocates. You couldn't control when you were in an accident, but if you have been injured because of someone else's negligent driving, you can control who you call for help. The advocates will take over the details of your case, so all you need to do is rest and get better you can call the advocates anytime 24/7 at 406-640-4444 today that's 406-640-4444 today other guys that i had thought of that were in state guys that certainly could have been huge icons and stars had they stayed home uh, probably the, t- the two guys from the last uh, of this like last 10 years that jumped to mind are um, Will Disley, who is now starting, starting tight end for the Seattle Seahawks out of Bozeman High. Uh, he initially committed to, to Boise State. Ironically, the tie that binds there is Jeff Choate. Jeff Choate recruited Will Disley to Boise. And then when Choate went to the University of Washington, he, Choate was actually not coming from Boise, but he had helped Will Disley land at Boise. And then when those guys, when Chris Peterson left Boise State to take the Washington job, Disley went along with them and then played at Washington Then went on to become a fourth-round draft pick and uh, now is a starter uh, in the NFL. But if Will Disley would have stayed in Bozeman, who knows? Because on one hand, you think he could have been an icon among icons, a star among stars, but also it comes with so much pressure. There's been a lot of great players from Bozeman that have played at Montana State, and for all the Dane Fletchers and Grant Collins of the world, there's also the Tanner Rodericks and and the guys that just can't quite uh, be the stars that they were at the high school level. And then in Missoula, the other one was Dylan Rollins. And Dylan Rollins from Missoula Sentinel was the Gatorade Player of the Year two years ago, big offensive lineman. He had such an interesting deal because of a variety of different things. One, his dad, Josh, played at Montana State. His brother, Byron, just graduated from Montana State. But he's a Missoula guy who grew up in Missoula. He grew up with Alex Germer, Chad Germer's son. Chad Germer's the offensive line coach for the Grizz. Jim McElwain was the offensive coordinator Uh, At Montana State in the 90s, and now Jim McElwain, and when Josh Rollins, Dylan's father, was playing, now Jim McElwain is at Central Michigan. Dylan Rollins ended up choosing BYU, but he's another one that, uh, you know, he's that guy that maybe could have stayed. So you just wonder, you wonder if the dynamic and the phenomenon that is Troy Anderson will continue. Look forward to sharing that story with you, certainly one I've been reporting both in my head and on my notebook for uh, six years probably. So it's certainly a bear to try to tackle. But it'll be very fun to share with you, so please look forward to that. Skylinesportsmt.com. You can find it next weekend. Probably roll it either Saturday or Sunday on that feature. We'll tell you about my evening last night at the Wilma, plus talk some Bobcat football and transfers, and then we'll talk some Grizz basketball as well. The Montana Football Hour rolls on. It's 1029 ESPN Radio. Keep it right here, ESPN Missoula. Missoula Sports Center. Montana's top football prospect made his college choice last week. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Reed Harris, a superb athlete from Great Falls who is currently ranked in the top 50 prospects in the nation by several recruiting services, announced on Twitter that he has verbally committed to Boston College. Harris chose B.C. over FBS offers from Oregon State, Iowa State, Central Michigan, Colorado State, San Diego State, and Utah State, plus FCS offers from Yale, Montana, Montana State, Idaho, and Idaho State. The 6'5", 215 pounds, Hunger plays quarterback for Great Falls High, who can play a number of positions at the college level. Harris is also one of the top sprinters and horizontal jumpers in the state in track and field. And last season, he threw for 1,544 yards and 12 touchdowns while rushing for 537 yards and five more scores. Kagan Williams, a running back who previously played at San Diego State, announced his commitment to Montana State on Sunday. Williams is a five foot nine, 195 pound graduate transfer who attended Cedar Hill High School in Texas before spending. the last four seasons at SDSU. He rushed for almost 700 yards and two touchdowns during his career with the Aztecs. And finally, Metropolitan State transfer Laolu Oke has landed with the Grizz men's basketball team. Over the past two seasons, Oke posted 28 double-doubles in 45 games. He averaged 12.2 rebounds per contest for the Division II school in Denver. He is the seventh new addition to the Grizz roster this offseason. I
1: didn't
0: find that What a show! We're so lucky to have the Wilma in town. There's a lot of great, intimate music venues, but the Wilma is just so good. Their production quality, the lights, the intimate atmosphere, the accessibility, and the sweet shows that they get. Great job down there. I, my great friend Alanya ran into her last night. She's doing such a good job booking all the music there for Log Jam. And uh, just feel so fortunate that, first of all, that concerts are back, that we can go to shows. Uh, that's been awesome. Well, I just love going to that venue. I mean, you could you could prop me up for any show. But when it's a show like last night, Charlie Crockett, this just makes me so happy, makes me feel so good inside. Charlie was unbelievable last night. What a gifted singer-songwriter. What an old-school chap, too. I mean, he was... Dressed in like a 1958 duster, the way the lights are all organized, the way his band was dressed. It's just great. It's just super, super cool. And uh, two for two. I have two for two. Two weekends in a row at the Wilma. Two phenomenal shows. So keep them coming. It's just what I want. It's my one of my favorite parts of living in Missoula. You want now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Also the ESPN Montana app. Go download it. You can stream the show, watch it, or listen to it, both live and archived anytime. You can also always stream the show on our station website, 1029ESPN.com. It's Montana Football Hour. We do this the first hour of every Monday's show here at ESPN Radio. It's presented by the Advocates. The Advocates will make sure that you have no out-of-pocket expenses until a settlement is recovered for you. No need to stress, the Advocates will answer your questions and guide you through every step of your case Call 406-640-4444 today, or you can always chat online 24-7 at MontanaAdvocates.com. We're going to talk a little bit about some of these transfers coming into Montana State football here in just a minute. But I want to ask Andrew about this. Andrew Houghton, our producer here at ESPN Radio. It's always fun to talk sports with Andrew because we – we share a lot of uh, similarities in the way we think about things, but we also think about a lot of other stuff really differently. He is also not from anywhere close to here. (laughs) So he's not from Montana. He's from the East Coast, from Washington, D.C. And so there's always a completely different, like when I'm analyzing Montanans through the lens of Montanans, I am such a proud Montanan. And so that's always sort of the lens that it's through. And so I always think it's interesting uh, to get his takes on this. So what do you think of this? By the way, we got a text in from uh, one of our loyal listeners and, and she was mentioning the Brock Osweiler, another one who I kind of mentioned, but um, y- y- we were talking about this, the, v- the phenomenon of a guy who is a surefire prospect who then stays in the state of Montana, like Troy Anderson and then achieves at an incredibly high level, even maybe exceeds the hype that he was given. So often now though, we have players like Reed Harris at Great Falls, who's going to Boston college. Um, Brock Osweiler, another guy that took his talents out of state. I do think it's very interesting that the guys that have been sort of the exports from Montana that went on to great fame and great riches and, in certain cases, great uh, embarrassments, I do find it fascinating. Like, Ryan Leaf and Brock Osweiler both come to mind. Ryan Leaf is far more of a quote-unquote embarrassment for the state of Montana than Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler just... You know, he played the Super Bowl for the Broncos and then got a huge contract with the Houston Texans and then really didn't do anything and he was kind of just out of the league. So some people kind of pinned him as a flop. But, you know, it's like, like Montana State head coach Brian Fish used to always say, if anybody ever writes my obituary saying that I'm a flop and in there there's also a line about getting a $75 million contract, sign me up. <laughs> so, you know, it's all about perspective. But I do think it, it, it's interesting, though, because Brock Osweiler, to a certain extent, and certainly Ryan Leaf, did not act like Montanans when they were on the biggest stage. That was the the part that drove everybody in Montana crazy, was Ryan Leaf almost scoffed in the face of his Montana roots. And so then when he fell apart, the one group of people that maybe would have welcomed him home with open arms, so to speak, would have been the people in Montana, and they were just so out on him and so embarrassed by him that uh, he sort of became our least claimed export. That's all to say. I just want to get Andrew's thoughts on this. First of all, were you surprised uh, that this Reed Harris kid made a commitment so early and that he's going, of all places, to the ACC? First of all, he must be a tremendous student because he's getting recruited by Yale and Harvard and Boston College. That's part of the equation here, but were you surprised by this choice? I was a little bit colder,
1: and like you said, sort of the timing of it. I mean, this was a guy who I think, I mean, he already had a bunch of great offers, like you said, Big Ten schools. I think this was a guy who could have broken out even more, and a lot of a lot of kids like that, I mean, that's just what the game is these days. They want to just wait and see and, right. and wait and see if they're going to get a better offer. Um, or, you know, b- better offer, right? And I'm that, making,
0: that, making that, air quotes here. Yeah, but And that's why I have already, when I've mentioned this, i said he's committed to Boston College for now. And I'm not implying anything. I've right. never spoken to Reed Harris in my life. But I've heard he's a tremendous kid. But um, you just wonder, I mean he's going to continue to blow up. I mean, if he continues to put on weight and he goes runs a sub-11 seconds in the 100 meters this spring, everyone's offering him. Right. Every every school there is is offering him, so he's going to have some decisions to make for sure. Well, and it's super easy
1: for a kid like that to uh, sort of blow up the way we're talking about because of the way that recruiting works right now. For and sure. he, you know, he had some good offers, but as soon as, you know, he gets the first SEC offer... Yep or he gets an offer from one of the bigger schools in the Big Ten, then everybody at that level is going to offer him because these schools hate to be seen as missing out or whatever. So his recruiting could have stepped up even another tier. It would have only taken one offer from a school in that tier to suddenly have, you know, 10 or 12 of the best schools in the country after him.
0: It's such a good point, and it's such a funny point, too, because, like, once Michigan offers... Now, you just have an offer from 15 other schools right. because they just don't want to not be in it with Michigan. You know, once once Georgia offers, the whole SEC offers you because if Georgia's offered you, everybody's offered you. So it is interesting. I think that one of the, um, one of the most underrated portions of guys getting recruited from rural places like Montana has been the uh, almost complete monopoly that athletic.net has on track times at all levels of track. For those unfamiliar with athletic.net, athletic.net is a unbelievable website. It is one of the great websites that there is for a sports journalist because you can go on there and it's a database of every track time in the country for college and high school levels, and every school in the in the country uses this. So you can have comparables. That's another reason why it was so interesting that you know Troy Anderson, like I said, he got recruited for one day, and then he committed to Montana State. But everybody can see Troy Anderson running 10-7-8s because it's posted there. I think that's what really helps. Like Brody Greeby right now, who comes from Melstone, Montana, he's at Montana State now, he's a sophomore, he got recruited by a ton of schools because he's balling for this Class C school. But they're seeing, oh, this guy runs 11-2 in the hundred. He long jumps 24 feet. Like he's he's on. It's the it's the great equalizer, right? Like everybody can see that Reed Harris is 6'5", 215, But he also everybody can see he's running an electronically timed 11-1 in the hundred. You can compare that with guys in Georgia and Florida and and Alabama. Right, and it gives you such a
1: good picture of the kid and, and his potential athleticism without even having to come out here and, and see him. I mean, he, he's getting on boards without, you know, ever these coaches ever interacting with him. Yeah, it, it is crazy. I signed up for athletic.net at my last job at, yeah. at the Idaho State Journal, signed up with my name. It asked me, are you the Andrew Houghton that used to run cross-country for St. Anselm's Abbey School in Washington, Hilarious. D.C.? Hilarious. My, I was a terrible cross-country runner. My, I did it for two years, junior and senior year. Yep. All my times were on there from 2011 and 2012 in how, high school.
0: How embarrassing.
1: It was awful. I, didn't, I looked at it once and never went back to that page again because oh, I, I was using it you for up. work.
0: I'm looking you up on athletic.net after the show. This is great. Got to love it. Okay, so then what do you think of this dynamic, though, because... First of all, I actually think that the the, the narrative of Montana getting kind of under recruited is actually kind of flawed. the The best guys, the best couple guys in Montana are usually getting recruited at the FBS level more often than not for most of like the last fifty or sixty years. So um, it's just that there's just not a lot, right? I mean, it's only, it's only a nine hundred thousand person state, so you're only going to have twenty five to thirty D one guys in that little realm, and the top two or three are going to be FBS, maybe. Well, I think the issue is that it is a little bit
1: underrepresented for those guys who are a cup below the top tier Mm. just because, you know, you don't have people stopping by these schools and just checking it out, you know? Right, right. You have have guys stopping by Great Falls High if they want to see Reed Harris. But they're only going to see Reed Harris. That's exactly right. I mean, at at schools in, in Texas and Georgia and California... These these coaches are just stopping by a school because they know there's prospects there. Totally, totally. And all it takes is one coach, I, you know, yeah. to have his eye be caught by a player, and
0: that's how a lot of these kids get recruited and get on the board. Well, and sometimes your high school class actually has a huge impact on this as well. My brother is always talking about it. He's class of 2009. My brother Brooks was a great athlete. He was a 100 meter runner, and he was the Western Divisional Western Double A champion his senior year but then went on to run in, in what was until recently the fastest 100-meter heat in the history of the state track championship. But his class included Brock Osweiler, who was, people may forget, committed to Gonzaga for basketball when he was a freshman. And then Dennis Erickson, Montana, former Montana State quarterback, finds his way up to the flathead and starts recruiting this kid. Uh, Brooks' class also included Matt Miller, who was so good went on to shatter all the records at Boise State, absolutely would have played in the NFL if he would have had a, a catastrophic ankle injury that basically ended his football career abruptly. The class also included Josh Hustis, who went on to play uh, at Stanford and play became a second-round draft pick in the NBA, and also included Chris Wilson, who until two years ago was the fastest track athlete in the history of the state of Montana, but also a D1 football player. So they had a lot of talent in that class, but make no mistake about it, Matt Miller got got uh, elevated recruiting opportunities because of Brock Osweiler. Brock Osweiler got recruit, elevated recruiting opportunities because of some of the other guys in the class, and the whole class got elevated recruiting opportunities because of those guys. Well, and that's the, that's the exact thing. I mean, in a, in a place like
1: Montana, nobody's going to come out and look at those guys unless they know that there's somebody—unless somebody has already— taking the first step, like we're talking about with these offers. I mean, it's the same thing for recruiting and evaluating. They're not going to make the trip. They're not going to look at the highlight tape unless they know somebody else is already in on them or somebody else already believes in them because you're not expecting to find those players in Montana.
0: And sometimes, too, it has to do with the guys that know about Montana as well. Like Jeff Choate went to Montana Western. So when he was at Florida, at Washington, I mean, Jeff Choate recruited Dylan Hanser from Billing Central to Washington State because he knew about Montana. He helped Matt Miller get in the mix. At Boise State, he helped Will Disley get in the mix at at, uh, Washington. Jim McElwain's another one. You know, McIlwain's from Missoula. So McElwain has recruited Montana guys a little bit more often. Dennis Erickson's another one. I mean, Dwan Edwards from Columbus, Montana, Class B's finest. He was a four-year starter at Oregon State when Dennis Erickson was there. So a lot of times those are the connections As well, This is a fun conversation. We are going to actually talk about what I told you we are going to talk about. We're going to take a break, and we'll talk about some of these transfers that are coming into the Bobcat football program and uh, sort of overlay that against the Grizz, because the Grizz had a ton of transfers early. They haven't been on the wire as much right now. Brent Vegan has been mining the Mountain West prevalently. He's got himself a new running back from San Diego State. We will analyze the Montana Football Hour, presented by the Advocates. Rolls on. You can call today or chat online anytime with the Montana Advocates at MontanaAdvocates.com. If your life was turned upside down because of an accident that wasn't your fault, the Advocates can help you. There's no fee until the Advocates recover a settlement for you, so you have nothing to lose. Call 406-640-4444 to talk to your Advocate today. Bobcat and Grizz football transfers plus a remade Grizz basketball roster. All that and more. Keep it right here. Nuanas Now. ESPN Radio. The advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the advocates handle, you can always visit montanaadvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront, out of pocket expense. Visit online or call 406 640 4444 today. Or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. This is is Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. But if you close your eyes, does it little Bastille for you. This playlist today is brought to you by the concerts I want to see this summer. <laughs> I, was, I wanted to play some Charlie Crockett. because I had a great time at the Wilma last night. So I was just looking at uh, all the shows and just kind of going through my list. So we're just going to play some of the ones that are upcoming. There's a ton of great shows before the, the height of summer even hits. So, uh, Including Bastille uh, here in Missoula. So that would be a fun one. That uh, I'm much looking forward to. It's Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Like the Montana Football Hour, the first hour of each Monday show here on Nuana's Now. It's proudly presented by the Advocates. If your life was turned upside down by an accident that wasn't your fault, the Advocates can help you. There's no fee until the Advocates recovered a settlement for you. So you have nothing to lose. Call 406-640-4444 to talk to your advocate today. We're going to talk some NBA off the top, so we're probably going to talk some Grizz Hoops then as well. So we'll continue our football conversation here. The Montana State Bobcats have sort of at the same time quietly and prevalently been in the mix on the transfer market. And this is the funniest part to me about all the, uh, the belly aching of all these coaches about the evil transfer portal ruining college sports says Twitter every single day. <laughs> and it's, it's not, it's not. First of all, transferring has always been a part of college sports. The thing, the, 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 the main detail that people are missing is the transfer market right now is so crazy because of two factors that have nothing to do with the portal. One time, no penalty transfer rule. That's one of them. You can transfer wherever you want without having to sit out. The biggest deterrent for guys used to be if you transfer, you have to sit out. You also used to not be able to transfer multiple times. Now you can. So those things plus just this unbelievable moving target that is eligibility has made it so, I mean, you can be at school forever. <laughs> like, Mitch Roberts had a catch during the Grizz spring game, and my brother would turn around and said, that guy looks like Mitch Roberts. He's not still there, is he? I said, oh, Mitch Roberts is going to be a, a 60-year senior for the Grizzlies this year. He's like, gosh, how many how many years can you play? Like, Mitch Roberts, we were writing about him coming out of Missoula Sentinel when, before I had even moved back to Missoula. So that's the other thing is th- these guys just have more uh Opportunity to transfer because there's less consequences. All that said, as much as Bobby Houck has bemoaned the the state of affairs as it is with transferring, he's brought in a ton of transfers since returning to Montana. And by and large, most of them have been really good players. I mean, Justin Ford, one of the best players in the country as a cornerback transfer from Louisville. Uh, Trajan Cotton, Omar Hicks, Anu from Oregon State, both both good players. Joe Babros, Justin Belknap from Nebraska, uh, um, from uh, NC State and uh, Arizona, respectively. Good players. Gavin Robertson, starter for three years at safety from Arizona. Yeah, on down the line, even Robbie Houck. Robbie Houck's own son was a transfer. <laughs> when you really break it down, transfer from Northern Arizona. Montana State has brought in a ton of transfers as well, including this most recent offseason. Last year, probably their most impactful transfer was Blake Heel. He got some playing time on the uh, defensive line. And was good. Actually, their most impactful a a transfer last year, two transfers last year: Trey Webb uh, from San Jose State and Jeffrey Manning from Oregon State. Those guys were were very good. Uh, but then also Blake Heel got some run up front. Cole Sain played a little bit as well. A guy actually started his career at Montana and then played at a junior college. David Alston not really didn't play that much last year after transfer from Nebraska, but he's going to get more playing time this year, I think. And uh, Cam Gardner, another guy from Utah, a transfer that joined the Bobcats last year. But this year they have some in- interesting transfers, including a new one from yesterday. Uh, Kagan Williams, who's a running back that played the last four seasons at San Diego State, he's grad transferring to Montana State. He's five nine hundred ninety five pounds. He looks the part all day. Wow, is he put together. He rushed for about 700 yards and two touchdowns during his career with the Aztecs. So he did play for all four years, just kind of spot duty, you know, a couple hundred, 300 yards uh, here and there. So it'd be interesting to see how he fits in with Isaiah Fonson. We're going to get back to that. They also brought in uh, Ravi Alston, who's a transfer from St. John's, a D3 school. They added Drew Polidor, who's a transfer cornerback from Air Force. And they added Sean Chambers, who's a quarterback transfer from Wyoming. So Brett Viggen has been mining the uh, Mountain West quite uh, prevalently since returning, but he's done it in sort of an understated way. So, uh, Andrew, what do you think of this dynamic? Because Bobby Hauck has relied on transfers a lot in both of his stints at Montana, and uh, he he doesn't really play the hype game when it comes to the transfers. Jeff Choate was the complete opposite. When Jeff Choate bring bringing transfers, he was hyping them all day, but he was also bringing in guys like Bryce Sturck who were like, almost can't miss at this level because they're so physically superior to to what they're playing in the Big Sky Conference. But then Vegan has just sort of done this just in this sort of understated way, and, and a lot of the transfers have just been to sort of fill up the depth chart more than, like, make these giant impacts. Yet it is interesting that he keeps getting these guys, especially these ones with Mountain West ties. I think that's probably the way you go about it as a Big Sky Conference school, specifically the Montana schools, recruiting guys you probably have recruited before. Well, we've seen that
1: from Bobby Hauck too, and that's such a big thing for these coaches. It's just having that level of comfort because a transfer that you bring in, I mean, it can be it can be talent wise, but I'm talking just as much about the chemistry. And this has has the the potential to sort of unsettle if your locker room is already unsettled, if there are already issues there. Bringing a transfer has the potential to sort of widen those cracks a little bit. People are jealous of their minutes, people are jealous of their run, people don't want new guys coming in and, and being able to play right away. So you do want a kid that you know that's not gonna unsettle that. Um, I just as far as the way Brent Vegan's going about it, it's just what it is now. I mean, we we've talked about this a lot. I mean, the transfer portal hasn't ruined college sports. I think it's a good thing for college sports that these kids are able to transfer and able to make their own decisions and able to have you know, second or third chances at trying to find the right place for them. But what it has done is it's just college sports look a lot different in terms of roster building and in terms of what the roster looks like um, than they have in the the past. And I can see why some people, you know, consider that not a good thing because the thing about college you always want... You saw the kids come in as freshmen, you got excited for them when you were recruiting them, and then you had four or five years to watch them grow. Right. Well, that's not the case anymore, and we've talked totally. about this with football, I'm sure we'll talk about it with basketball, with the Grizz. The roster's just going to look different every year. For sure. I mean, there are going to be kids who uh, play a big role for Montana State, certainly this year, for Montana this year, who who have only been on campus for a couple months, you know, who you've never heard of, who, who you didn't have the big, long recruiting and, and watching them grow and watch them develop. They're just
0: going to come in and they're, they're going to play big roles. And that's the way it's going to be. Two things can be true at once. This is the thing that drives me crazy about the way that we uh, have discourse in society these days is kids having agency, basically, to find the best fit for them is a good thing. Absolutely. Yet that also can be teaching bad lessons to certain kids in terms of not sticking it out, not having the right fit, the grass isn't always greener. Both of those things can be and are true. The other thing to remember is, I think last year coming out of COVID, coming out of the pandemic, the freakout happened in the Big Sky Conference because within three weeks of the regular season ending last year, 50 players from Big Sky Conference men's basketball entered the transfer portal, including a bunch of really good players. Tanner Groves, the Big Sky Conference MVP. Most of Eastern Washington's team, along with Groves, left. This year, guess what? There's 48 guys in the transfer portal from the Big Sky Conference. Name the best one. None of these guys are good. It's not that they're not even good. None of these guys are even proven players. So that's the other thing is the freakout was maybe – the freakout is sort of overstated because there's this whole narrative that and Bobby Halk has said this on the record multiple times. We become a farm league for the FBS. No, you haven't. Samari Torre is one of the greatest athletes that ever played in the big sky conference. He is an anomaly compared to everybody else. Like for all of the guys that could have quote unquote transferred up, who has ever even done it? Dakota per went to Oregon. That was because of a coaching change and he was a graduate transfer. Uh, Vernon Adams went to Oregon. Okay, he's arguably the greatest quarterback in the history of the Big Sky Conference, not named Dave Dickinson. And Gaze Goobrood went from Eastern Washington to uh, Washington State, didn't play a lick. Kevin, Kevin Thompson, t- Kevin, same thing. Kevin Thompson, but that was his 19th transfer by the time he was done. I mean, he was in— I mean. Kevin Thompson came on this show every week for a month one year because he was like the spokesperson for Sac State. And their SID said, hey, man, he's 26 years old. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to come on your show every week, he has one class. Let it go. So, uh, yeah, but but I mean, we're talking about a handful of guys ever that have been plucked from the big sky and the big sky developed these guys and then didn't get to see their careers to fruition. It's not an endemic thing. It's completely... Uh, only the absolute best of the best. Like right now in the portal for the for big sky men's hoops, there. I mean, Robbie Beasley is a pretty good player. That uh, Travante Anderson from Idaho, he's pretty fine. I mean, you're talking 12 points per game, guys. Though for middle to bottom of the league teams, like this is this is not the same as Tanner Groves. And so I just think that so often these people are freaking out over they're not understanding the nuances of all that goes into all this. Well, and they're not seeing the other side of the coin here, which is that. For
1: you are gonna lose some players who you've grown attached to. You are gonna lose some players um who who have been really good players in the big sky. Well, guess what? There are so many kids at the bottom rung of the FBS who are gonna see the big sky as being the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. It goes both ways, right? And you you have guys who come in here and, and absolutely raise the level of the league because it's yes, just right. it's so wide open. I mean, guys like Bryce Stirk. For sure you're not seeing a drain in the talent level of the league. You're just seeing, it's just, it's just taking a different shape than it is before Mm -hmm. because you have more guys filtering back and forth, but it's not overall. It's not, it's not dropping the level in the big sky conference. It's just happening in a different way than it ever has before. And because people, you know, are so resistant to change and because college sports is one of the most resistant to change industries and like pastimes, whatever in the entire country you get people who are freaking out about this.
0: Right. I mean, to circle all the way back to the very first thing we talked about during the Montana football hour here on Nuon is now. Of all of the players that could have been the guy who left his t- old team high and dry, in the history of the Big Sky Conference, Troy Anderson is absolutely number 1. The dude was coming off of off-season surgery, his coach that recruited him left the other the rest of the, I mean, the other coaches that he was close with like Ty Gregorak We're not on the staff anymore. You tell me Troy Anderson's phone wasn't blowing up. You're talking, uh, Troy Anderson got called by everybody in the United States, I bet. (laughs) When he, during the the time between his junior year in 2019 and and this last year, and and he didn't go anywhere. So, um, I don't know, rant over, but it it is, it's just interesting. That's all to say, Montana State, been uh, sort of just finding some solid guys on the transfer wire. I think Montana will probably be in the mix for some guys here pretty soon as well. There you have it. That is the Montana Football Hour presented by the Advocates. No out-of-pocket expenses by the Advocates until a settlement is recovered for you. No need to stress. The Advocates will answer your questions and guide you through every step of your case. Call 406 640 or chat online 24-7 at MontanaAdvocates.com. We'll talk some grizz, hoops, and the restructuring of their roster, sort of a continuation of this exact theme, plus some NBA blindside, and some ridiculous track and field times from the Brian Clay Invitational over the weekend by both Grizz and Bobcats. Hour 2 coming at you. It's Nuana's Now, ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, Well, you could have a chance to win big.